curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're In Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're In Sales Podcast. The So You're In Sales Podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy. Let us show you how. Now, on with the show. This episode released times with the impending, unofficial end of summer as kids go back to school and business returns from vacation to get to the matter at hand, finishing the year strong before everyone goes back on vacation mid-December. There's about 15 good weeks of productivity left in 2019, So I thought this would be a good point to take a pause from guests and give you some things to think about as we all put on our best running shoes and go like hell for the next four months. Episode 48 was dedicated to this same discussion and I got lots of positive feedback on that one. So I thought this was the most timely topic possible for all of us at this juncture. So let's get into it. First and foremost, I want to know where are you against your company's sales number for the year? My good friends Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie both like to say that sales is a game with 12 quarters or 12 periods, just like sports games. It's important to not only be able to perform against the game plan, which in this instance would be considered your sales goal, but also to have the game broken down into situations. I'll use a couple of football analogies for those of you who follow the sport. For instance, if you're down in the fourth quarter and there are only two minutes left on the clock, Frequently, you'll hear the announcers discuss something called a two-minute offense or a hurry-up offense. That's when the team with the ball decides to start moving more quickly down the field in an attempt to conserve time and equal the score on the scoreboard before the game is over. Consequently, though, on the other hand, sometimes you'll see a other team that has the ball and has the lead at the end of the game, and they'll go into what's called a four-minute offense, where they're actually trying to slow the game down and keep the ball out of the hands of the competition so as to ensure their victory. Trying to run out the clock when you have the lead is a different skill set than needing to move your offense down the field in order to tie or win the game, and they both require a separate game plan with different strategies, disciplines, blocking and tackling, and most importantly, an understanding by the entirety of your team what's necessary of each of them when given that situation. So, 
as you look for your uh, situation against your number at this point, you know, frequently there's lots of discussions around having your plan and working it, but not as much talk about the situational aspects found within that plan and what you might have to pivot to given where you are in your own game. And even so much so down to the individual level. How does your own performance compare with the rest of the team? Will you be seen as a leader? Will you be seen as middle of the pack? Will you be seen as somebody who's lagging behind? And do you have a plan for yourself within the context of where you're fitting in against the rest of the organization and its sales number in order to ensure your productivity and your contribution to the overall bottom line? So will you go for the jugular if you're up by three touchdowns or Will you start focusing on your relationships and look, take a longer look towards 2020, knowing perhaps that you could have had a better sales number to close out 2019? Neither is a wrong answer, but certainly some consideration should be given to both as you look to where you are in comparison to your sales plan for the year. Just because you've hit your number doesn't mean you should stop. And in many instances, it's in those moments when you've been able to actually crush it that if you were to put the real pedal to the gas and add kerosene to the fire, the sales results can be exponentially higher because you're just building on your own already existing success. So having an honest discussion now might give you enough time to work within your current scenario so that if you don't have an ability to pivot, you might be able to still make some adjustments in order to take into context where you are against your number and act accordingly. Secondarily, I want you to give some consideration now and start thinking about what are your three, quote, if I didn't have to, what are things that bog you down and rob you of your selling time? Think about them. What are the low value, high effort activities that drain your sales productivity? What are the manual processes that are labor intensive and difficult to track? Think about things like hand keying cost of goods into your accounting system or any other double entry that you may have to do. Think about follow-ups on quotes. Think about making sure that factories are shipping product according to the timelines that they've, co- they've communicated. Think about having to confirm pricing between a quote and an actual order to make sure that what you've quoted to your customer is exactly what they're going to be charged. All of these things are time-consuming, low-value, manually intensive efforts that actually do very little for you in the growth of your overall business, yet are still important in order to make sure that those relationships that you've already built are upheld and that the promises and commitments that you've made to the people who are buying from you are being upheld. But that being said, most of us have a mental list of these knots in the stomach problems, but most of us just accept them as status quo and eat more antacid. But now, at this stage of the game, it would be a really great time to document two things. One, how much time is spent daily, weekly, and monthly on those tasks? And what is your average order size and profit per order? Because if you think about it, it's actually a mathematical calculation. If you can calculate the potential added revenue and profit you might gain by offloading that low-value work and documenting your time, In the interim, between now and when you make a decision, you can spend some time evaluating potential partners and their costs to understand how what you might have to spend could compare to what you actually may be able to make if you were able to make that transition. And if you can outsell the cost in a meaningful way, in a way that makes you feel like there's hope for your business in 2020, 
shouldn't you at least consider that option? And if you're not going through the, the process of documenting what this effort requires of you in time now, you really won't give yourself ample time to be able to think about what your options might be as you head towards the end of the year. Because here's the thing, we're coming into the busy part of the year for those of us who are running hard these last four months. And if you don't have your people documenting where the bottlenecks are, you won't have enough time to consider options for the new year. You'll set budgets for what your spend will be on your business in 2020, and you'll have lost the opportunity to give any consideration to this potential pivot. I strongly suggest that you take some time to avoid that trap and document things now so as to give yourself at least a fighting chance to make that consideration as you go into 2020. If you do anything, start with that. Also, I wanted to touch on the fact that the So You're In Sales podcast crossed 9,000 listens this week. And I wanted to explain why I thought that was important from a sales perspective. As you consider the ways that you might free up your time, should you be able to offload some of the work that's low value, one of the other things that you have to give some consideration to is where would you then reinvest that time? And certainly content would be one of the places that we as content creators on the other side of the microphone would suggest to you would be wealthy and wise for you to consider, but that's not as simple as it seems. And there may be some underlying considerations that you have to give when thinking about the fact that podcasting can actually be a prospecting tool for you and use some of that investment and time that you might be getting back for yourself in a way that could be meaningful from a credibility and authority perspective. Because what 9,000 Listens has taught me over the course of the last two and a half years is that there's a long tail of credibility and authority when it comes to content, and you can't get that credibility and authority by virtue of the long tail until you start making the investment in time to create the content itself. If you look at the listens of each of my new episodes, and you can see them on the landing page of the podcast, you'll notice that none of them are particularly mind-bogglingly high. However, what I will tell you is that in the run-up to the 9,000 listens, what we're finding now is that there's a multiple of about three and a half to four X of listens to the back catalog compared to listens of the new episode. So what that means is that we're growing at an exponential rate because we're having folks who get comfortable with the guests for the latest episode who maybe haven't spent time with us before, and because of one reason or another, they feel comfortable enough to spend some time in the back catalog, see some value, and then stick around for future episodes, which means a growing listener base. That credibility and authority has been built over time, and I'm very proud of it. And I strongly suggest that each of you give some consideration to that as we're trying to free up some of your time going into 2020. Secondarily, as a prospecting tool, podcasting is really vital in your ability to be able to invite guests on topics or industries that you might want to ultimately become an expert in. If you think about it, those guests that you're inviting onto the show get to share their expertise. And really, when you think about it, we're all very excited to talk about the things that we're experts at because there's very little about that topic that will shake us. So if you take the time to invite someone who's considered a subject matter expert on a topic that you would like to learn more about, more often than not, that particular prospect will be more than happy to join you which gives you the opportunity to begin a relationship with them that doesn't have anything to do with you trying to sell anything to them. And as we know, people like to buy from people they know, like, and trust. And by introducing people into your forum and having them on for an interview about their expertise 
It gives you an opportunity to break down the barriers that might otherwise be there should you go straight to trying to build a sales-based relationship. Secondarily, you get their first-person perspective on their viewpoint. So as it pertains to where what we do lines up with what's going on in that person's business, they can give you really insightful information about what it is that we're doing in promotional products or really any other medium that you're trying to sell in the marketplace today. It's not often what we think about what we do that matters. It's what the people on the other side of the transaction think. And by getting guests to come on and tell us about how they perceive our medium and what we do, we get a better understanding of exactly what the honest opinion is on the other side of the table. And lastly, by inviting guests onto the series, we've noticed that there's been a growth in listenership overall, which means that some people that have come to find us by virtue of guests that may not have otherwise found us are sticking around. And that means we're building a tribe around a centralized topic, which is sales, which is near and dear to all of us. And I think it speaks to the community and the interest in still being successful at sales in 2019 and 20. And then lastly, the third way to develop podcasting as a prospecting tool is by developing sub-threads. You'll see in this series that there are a number of sub-threads, including the one that's dedicated to people who are under the age of 30 or in their first five years as a salesperson in their discipline, regardless of what it is that they're selling. They've been very popular episodes, and it's given us keen insights on the way that younger folks consider the role of sales and the ways that things are the same and the ways that things might be drastically different than they have been historically. It's really done wonders for us as a community to be able to tap into that knowledge base. And by inviting those folks onto the show, we're able to develop that specialty around things like what it means to be new as a salesperson. And specialists look for places to talk shop on a specific topic. And the more episodes and listens that they can find on that specific topic that are attributable to you, the more likely that that guest is going to be comfortable coming on and sharing their expertise with you and your audience. You've developed the specialty. You've shown them that you care about what it is that they know. Why not invite them in and let them share everything that they've been able to accumulate from a knowledge and experience perspective with your audience? Lastly, the most important part We've actually had a couple episodes now in the last six months where our guests actually were either suggested to us or actually proactively reached out and asked if it would be okay if they could participate in the program. That is a strong sign of credibility and authority, and it's a great way to know that you're turning a corner when it comes to the way that your show is being perceived in the marketplace. So by all means, again, as you look to your investment for 2020, It doesn't have to be podcasting, it doesn't have to be writing, it doesn't have to be a video series, it's just give some consideration to where you might build credibility and authority if you were given some more free time, and be developing a plan that you could put into motion come 2020 to give you the opportunity to capitalize on that. Lastly, one big thing 2020, hashtag one big thing 2020. I've always had a hard time sleeping But lately, I've been allowing myself to consider the next big thing our company might do and specific to 2020, and I'm enjoying sitting there and not sleeping and considering where I may daydream and take the business. I have a general idea, but instead of jumping directly to the tactical part of my first few ideas that have found themselves onto paper, I found myself giving myself the leeway to compile a list first of potential big things 
and allowing myself the opportunity to ruminate on that list until I give myself an expiration date when it's time for me to make a decision and decide which of those I might start imagining coming to life, bringing those ideas to people and bouncing them off of them so that I can get their feedback and input and see where things might ultimately lead. But without giving some consideration to the fact that I have my eyes focused on doing one big thing in 2020, I wouldn't give myself the opportunity to compile a list or spend some time considering what it is that that might look like, much less take those ideas to people who would be interested in giving me their candid and honest and open feedback about what those ideas might be, where I might be missing the mark, and where I might have it rock solid. Give yourself the opportunity to do the same and you might have a really great thing on your hands come 2020 and a plan to dedicate time and resources to in order to make that thing come to fruition. Those are the things that I'm giving consideration to as I look to the last four months of the sales year. I hope some of you find value in them and I anticipate and look forward to your feedback on any of all of them. We'll have another guest at our next series launch, which will be in two weeks. In the meantime, please subscribe, listen, share this out to other people who you think might find it valuable within your organization or even, heck, even in your prospects and clients. If they too are in sales, lots of people are looking for a leg up on their competition. And by sharing this content, you may be seen as a trusted advisor for that particular prospect or client as well. Thanks to all for your time and attention, and we will see you again soon.